Welcome everyone to another episode of Europe's B2B tech sales podcast and uh, my name is Patrick and I'm very happy to welcome Ruben Meyer. Hi Patrick, great to be here. I um, really appreciate um, that the two of us can have a chat with each other today. Yes, uh, me too. So I'm looking forward to the discussion. So Ruben Meyer is the CRO at Bexio. For those in Switzerland, probably know Bexio very well. One of the most successful uh, tech startups out of Switzerland, bought by an insurance for a three-digit million amount that is unknown yet. And uh, uh, Jeremias, the, the founder, is not willing or can't say <laughs> still. I also asked him the last time when I met him, but he he, he still cannot say. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, but a very 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 a huge success story, Ruben. So I'm really happy to have you in our podcast today and yeah let's dive right in you prepared two tips to share with our audience so i hand over to you thanks a lot much appreciated and uh, yes indeed i created two tips however you you really gave me a hard time preparing those two tips um <laughs> because i tried to come up with something that is not that generic um but in fact, I'm, I'm afraid I, I ended up with at least one of them being quite quite that. Well, uh, the first one um, is a, a tip um, that I, well, um, I'm using that for, I don't know, I'm in, in the SaaS industry for, I don't know, 13 or 14 years now. And I'm, ever since I'm using that, and it is, Sounds plain simple. It is hypothesis testing. Um, that means creating planable sales numbers through structured hypothesis testing. Um, to be more specific here, that means I'm, I'm like independent of if it's a team lead or if it's a VP or a head of sales or whatever, you name it. Um, I, I ask each and every one, every quarter, we usually set quarterly goals, um, to test at least three hypotheses per quarter. Um, so within a given quarter to um, be able in the mid and long run to plan sales numbers and forecasts, of course, um, for the upcoming periods properly and accurate. Um, and um, mm -hmm. what I what I realized is that for, for a lot of sales guys, this is weird. Um, I like I remember lots of uh, looks that were saying like, okay, what what, what crazy do is that? Why should I test hypotheses? Um, <laughs> they they ask me to reach my sales numbers, and that's about it. <laughs> I, Normally, that's the case. Yeah. And so, what does that do one for me? And um, However, it well, in the past, it proved that it really allows you um, to, to, to create sort of modules and to always have a plan B and to be, to be in a situation that, that um, allows you to plan your sales for the next nine to 12 months really, really accurate. And um, maybe, maybe I should give you an example, right? That Sounds would be awesome. Theoretical, I guess. Um, 
so like an, an well an easy one is is related to conversion rate. I mean, every sales rep, um, every sales department, every sales lead is in in some sense tied to a su successful and ideally increasing conversion rate. Um, so opportunity to close sales, to close new clients. And an, an easy one in that case would be a hypothesis that says like um, my hypothesis is that if I add an early bird discount to a trailer, so back so it's a trailer, right? We have a 30 day trial period mm -hmm. um, in the first call that will increase my conversion rate, my individual conversion rate by at least 5% and would shorten my sales cycle by 10%. Okay, that will be the mm -hmm. hypothesis, a really easy one. Mm -hmm. And you usually, you do not roll that out to the entire team to test it. It's just like you, you take a cohort, let's say, depending on the size of your team, you take five, let's say five guys. They're tested mm -hmm. and, and the rest just is doing whatever they do. Mm -hmm. um, what is really important in now is that you create a set of expectation. In, in, I already said my expectation in that case would be five and 10%. So 5% better conversion than my, my average. My average in that case um, to have some reliable numbers would be like the, the average of the past six months. Mm -hmm. um, and my sales cycle, you also take the average of, let's say, the past six months. Depending yeah. on, 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 on the kind of business that you have, if it's an enterprise business, I mean, you're certainly not taking the past six months, you take the past 18 months, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really depending on, on what kind of business you run. And then um, it is really important to create that um, set of expectations, which means in that case, if I meet or exceed the five and 10%, I give it a go because it proves to be successful, which in consequence means I roll it out to the entire team. So mm -hmm. um, if, if we hit or exceed those numbers, the entire team um, in the next quarter would add an early bird discount to the first call with our expectation in terms of planning and forecasting that the conversion of the entire team on average would go up by at least 5% and the sales cycle would shorten by 10%. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, this is not always only about winning, right? So you quite often fail if you test those hypotheses. So mm -hmm. the second would be sort of a mixed bag in terms of results. Let's assume um, your conversion goes up by 6%, but your sales cycle stays unchanged. In that case, you would adjust the setting and um, if both numbers are below your expectations, so your conversion isn't going up anywhere and your sales cycle might even increase, right? Instead of 10 mm -hmm. days, it takes it 15 days. Then this is apparently a complete failure. In that case, you stop, okay? Yeah. And um, these kind of hypotheses, I ask everyone to test each and every quarter. In an ideal world, this well, that's three of these hypotheses um, every quarter for each, like I said, team lead, head of, VP, you name it. And wow. um, with, with those results, um, they are all in, the structure is the same, the format is the same. And um, with that, you, you create a real framework that you can, you can lean on going forward. Like I said earlier, um, 
through conducting those tests um, on an ongoing basis and then on a structured basis, uh, you can you 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 make your sales much more planable mm-hmm. because um, you have a, so you usually have sort of a baseline with regards to your sales. And um, the more tests you do, the more you create sort of modules that you can add on top. Mm-hmm. And um, that is extremely helpful in particular in, uh, well, in, in, in situations where things are not going as planned, right? I mean, I, I guess every, every sales lead um, that is listening in knows that sometimes forecasts just look shitty. And um, these kinds of hypotheses um, allow you to always have a plan B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. So you do know based on numbers, based on uh, really uh, numbers from the past, because um, you tested it properly. If I do this, if I do A, B happens. And if, if you, in particular, if you consider um, a sales department as a whole or a company as a whole to take it even further, because if it's not only sales doing that, but also marketing and your success team, for instance, um, mm-hmm. it makes um, life for everybody much, much easier, much planable. And you can, in fact, you can plan growth through that. Yeah. That's at least my experience. Yeah, that's a, that's a really nice, that's a, a, an amazing approach to have incremental improvements with your, with your whole team. Are people coming up with these, uh, did I hear that correctly? They come up with these uh, hypotheses themselves or are you developing those as a team and then test them uh, individually? Um, that depends. Um, in, in, in the beginning, once, once you start that journey, um, I'd say, um, most people are not familiar with that, so you, you of course, you help them. But um, after some, some, some time, they come up with it by themselves. I mean, I'm with Bexenon for five years. Um, they all come up with it by themselves. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, they needed uh, well, some explanation, um, a leap of faith, um, some trust and some guidance. But um, the more often they do it, um, they the more often they come up with with all yeah. those ideas ideas by themselves. Yeah. Do you have like a best of list, Ruben, with the the best uh, hypothesis that you tested that had the highest impact on your sales organization? What and what 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 is uh, one of the what would one of these uh, most successful ones be? Can you remember one that was really successful? Uh, I in fact can remember one or the other. Um, <laughs> um, however, I, mean, I think again, um, I'll tell you one in, in a second. But um, it, it, it's going back to what I said earlier with about uh, with the fact that um, uh, you were giving me really hard time when when picking those two tips because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I think you cannot apply everything to just like every company size, every industry, um, because it's, it's, I think a lot of those things are heavily dependent on the circumstances. But in our case, um, for instance, what really helped a lot is um, the fact that the software as a service market, even though it keeps growing for, for years now and, and it got a boost through Corona, um, it is still new to a lot of our target um, target audience. A lot of people still do not exactly know what software as a service means. Um, they still have 
some doubts about it and um which is why we just recently tested um because we really have a strong belief in our in our platform and um, we we applied a test that said um we give you guys a 60 days money back guarantee mm-hmm. right um we mm-hmm. said like if, if if we um the so the hypothesis was we create more trust through mm-hmm. providing a money back guarantee in case the product does not fulfill what, yeah. what we're promising or does not meet the expectations of the customer and with that we will create a boost in conversion mm-hmm. so it was all about like the hypothesis itself was about more trust equals a higher conversion rate yeah. um which is tested at um a few months ago and it was indeed a huge success wow yeah so well, that which works. kind of makes sense um, yeah because yeah, like like I said, I mean, if if I have a look at our um, customer base, um, or the, let's 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 say that the prospects that we're talking to, two thirds of them still use Excel usually or Word mm-hmm. or something, or they, I don't know what what else they use a typewriter, um, and for for a lot of the, those guys, this is all new. And then don't know how to deal with that, right? And all of a sudden, you need to sign up online. And hey, there's no one sending me a disk. Um, and hey, I cannot download anything. What's going on? Kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. And that has changed because Bexio is 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 a well somewhat known brand in the meantime. But still, there's a lot of people we're talking to that that still have that kind of angst about what yeah. that really is. And with that money back guarantee, um, we we really demonstrate that we believe in our product and the strengths of our product, and um, we we give the customer to time to, to, to test it inside out. And if he after well two months um, claims well this is really not matching my needs, then uh, well, we give it a go. So like there you go, there's your money. Mm-hmm. So it shows how much you believe how much you believe in your product, right? When you say hey we you know it's gonna going to be successful anyway so we can do that like it's very reassuring for the customer trust building yeah well absolutely and i mean of course i mean we're not matching everyone's need that's 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 for sure um mm-hmm. we to be clear in in our consultancy so when we talk to the prospects we always try to identify what the need is and, and then try to match it with the functionality of the platform uh, but sometimes, um, most of the times, um, that goes really well. Sometimes it does not. And um, well, just to make sure that the customer does not have a bad experience, we said, like, okay, go. There we go. Um, if you mm-hmm. don't, if, if if you don't get what you need, we will give you the money back, and you're out of it. And yeah, so it's more like a, for the from a customer perspective, that hypothesis created a sort of a no risk at all kind of um, approach. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, nice, interesting, very interesting hypothesis there. And I think that's a very interesting information for, for, for many um, that actually this is a, this is a scientific, <laughs> scientific proof. And in your case, at least that uh, the money guarantee back, the money back guarantee, um, yeah, had an, had an impact on your conversion rates, you said. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so we, we by far exceeded our expectations um, of that hypothesis, 
Um, but then again, that goes back to what I mentioned earlier. I mean, there's other industries where something like that is simply not possible, right? Yeah. Um, if you talk about in the SAP, um, huge implementation kind of thing, uh, I think that kind of hypothesis is, well, not so ideal. Let's put that way. <laughs> yeah. Let's say large enterprise deals. Yes, we are. Uh, I mean, you, you are in the field of very small or small, small enterprises, yeah. like one one woman or man shows uh, uh, up to a certain amount, like, I don't know, 20, 30, or probably a little bit more even still, but in the small, medium, small company, uh, small enterprise space. Absolutely. So up to 50 is, 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 is like up to 50. Yeah. Yes. What else would you say, Ruben, when you say like, you know, we, uh, in that smaller space, what, uh, how is that different that sales uh, compared to like large enterprises? You you mentioned the last time we talked that uh, it's more like a B two C sales uh, other other than B two B. Like people, uh, the, the people you look you you have in your sales or in your sales teams and so on. Yeah, I think we pretty much call it B two C to B or B two B to C. We very often, like you said, we we're talking to um, one man shows quite frequently, um, which which is completely different. Um, in particular, if it comes to the expectations and and the, the needs of the sort of tailor made needs that those guys have compared to uh, let's say 150 200 employee organization, um, they they very often need something tailor made. While the smaller size companies, they are fine um, with with our a more generic approach, right? We do not create anything specific for any for any customer, mm -hmm. and because otherwise, we, we would, it would simply not be possible for us to deal with. Um, what's different? Well, um, the one thing I I, I I just mentioned. So this the, the set of expectation differs significantly. I mean, my my I, I told you. About my my background, right in, in software as a service. So with, when I was with Citrix for nearly ten years, we were selling more to the the, the larger companies. They have a very very specific set of expectations towards the functionality of a piece of software um, that needs to really match their needs. And this is this is different um, when you talk to smaller uh, smaller companies. They are fine um with more generic approaches and um well another thing that is that really matters to us of course i mean in the end what we're doing is more of a transactional business um, mm -hmm. the sales cycle is much much shorter than it is when you when then when you talk enterprise mm -hmm. i mean um, the enterprise segment i mean you know it you have sales cycles of like what six to 18 months yeah. um, we're talking rather to um, of say cycles of in between two weeks to four weeks. Yeah, um, that's about it. Yeah. And um, I think that is also the major difference. Plus, of course, you're, you're talking about completely different deal sizes. Um, yeah, um, then yeah, then sorry. if you do enterprise. So I think yeah. these two things, sales cycle and deal size, are, are the major differences. Yeah. Good. So let's get to your second uh, tip, Ruben. Before this is uh, already over, <laughs> you you have a marketing team. Uh, you have also a customer success and the sales team. 
is is making up your team, right? So, and uh, I think the second tip goes into that direction as well. It does indeed. Um, yeah, like you said, um, I'm responsible for like everything that is customer facing. Let's put it that way. And but independent of that, and yeah, it's not only a sales tip, but I I I highly recommend it to every sales leader to pursue that. It is making sure that you create mutual goals every quarter for your sales success and marketing or like only your sales and marketing or only your sales and success team, it doesn't matter. Um, but everyone who's customer facing, um, make sure they really are working towards mutual goals. And um, I mean, I know um, <laughs> that is a, a tale that is ongoing for forever probably, mm-hmm. but um, in, in the past, like I said, I'm, I'm in the SaaS industry for, I don't know, 13 or 14 years now. And no matter where I was working or who I was working with, um, the theme, the topic was always the same. Um, marketing complaining about sales, not converting good enough, well enough. Sales complaining about marketing, um, not bringing in enough leads or just bringing in crappy leads or what do I know? Then success <laughs> complaining about sales, closing shitty accounts, um, customers that don't even want to be a customer and what do I know, right? Conflicts of conflicts of conflicts, and they were all over the place. And the result was a lots of lots of inefficiencies, um, um, and 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 the result was always worse worse performance. And what I've learned in in the past five years is that if you create mutual goals that every single department and every single team is working towards to. Mm-hmm. That really accelerates things and and speeds up a lot, and mm-hmm. um, there is no distraction and no conflicts. Oh, how do you? Well, there's conflicts all the time, but um, a lot <laughs> less conflicts. Let's put it that way. And, yeah. and 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 if you talk about the, I'm 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 talking about software as a service all the time, apparently, right? Um, but yeah. in in SaaS, um, from for me, the, the the ideal KPI that everyone is measured against in, in my teams is net new business or net new clients. So new sales versus um, churned customers, uh, less churned customers. And, and, if, and, and that, has been, that, that, that will be rolled out to, to every team. And um, with that, you sort of ensure that everyone is working towards the same goal and every department, no matter what they focus on, is headed in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, so, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So that means, Ruben. So you have you you build the goal basically together. All of the department heads together, they make um, the the targets basically, and then get the same target basically. Is that correct? They get some of the targets are the same targets. Um, yeah. There's, of course, in, in every department, you also have a set of individual targets and KPIs. Um, let's, let's, the, the most common one for sure is leads, right? I mean, every sales department is depending on leads. Yeah. So um, the marketing departments will always have a goal on leads, on qualified leads. Um, but what matters, what matters more is they have the same net new clients goal than sales and success. 
And um, mm -hmm. so in that piece, they're going the same direction with leads. Of course, that's their sort of bread and butter business. Um, but what that combined net new clients goals prevents is, I mean, as a marketeer, you have, there's lots of opportunity to create tons of cheap leads, right? Of less quality. If you have sufficient funding, you can create so many leads, but they're mm -hmm. crap. And um, if you make sure that those leads do not really count towards the, the, the overarching goal, you mm -hmm. just automatically erase that risk. Yeah. And well, and, and at the same time, um, with that, um, another goal, a mutual goal, could be on conversion, for instance. Right. If 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 you set a certain a dedicated goal on conversion from um, opportunity to sales, you do make sure. Well, of course, sales is aiming towards that, but you make sure that um, that that um, marketing is focusing on high quality leads instead. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the same time, by doing so, I mean what you what what every sales org wants or every business wants is a good customer. Right. You want to bring in the good customers that that stay with your company. Mm -hmm. And um, so you want a, a good retention um, rate. And if, if you do so, um, again, net new business is new sales, less churn, right? Um, yeah. So automatically, if you focus on the high quality pieces, you do have a great conversion, you bring in the right customers, uh, you, don't, you don't struggle with churn, right? You have a good retention because you bring in the right customers at the right time, ideally. Yes. Yes. Does, uh, one question to the to the targets. Do you also for individual people, like in the sales team, for instance, or in the market team, do they also have individual goals and then a goal that is uh, aligned with the like the company or with the department target, or do they only have individual targets? Um, so every colleague does have individual goals. Every mm -hmm. unit within a department does have um uh team goals mm -hmm. every department does have departmental goals and then um we have the company goals and what is really what really matters what's really important is that beginning from the individual goals of the individual all goals have to ladder up to the the, the company and then the departmental goals yeah Yes, and uh, so, but as a, as an individual contributor, I I have my I have my target, and my target yes. is my individual target. But I don't have a target such as if if the sales team doesn't reach like three million this year, I also get a bit less of my commission. Uh, no, no. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, I, I hear sometimes I hear these. I'm also not uh, not not hundred percent sure uh, if well, that's well. You have to again. You have to differentiate, right? I mean, a, a sales rep always has a, has a goal on his or her sales, and sometimes they have a, also a goal on the team sales and so mm -hmm. forth. But let's let's say a um, a content producer in marketing who's um, main goal is to provide um, to 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 publish content. I think um, um, tying him or her to a sales revenues number is a bit challenging. Or would mm. be 
challenging. Yes, I think so. I think so, Ruben. Uh, Ruben, does uh, this uh, has is already over? We already talked thirty minutes. Uh, <laughs> it was really interesting. Thank you so much for joining. Um, it was a pleasure to have you in this episode. Thank you. I talked a lot, huh? <laughs> you're fun. supposed to. You're supposed to. We want to learn from you, so that's actually okay. <laughs> Now it's okay, Ruben. I mean, I know as sales, as experienced salesperson, you you realize when you talk a lot, right? You know, okay, I talked a lot because uh, I feel the same when I have a discovery call or even a demo with a customer. I feel like, hmm, did I talk too much? <laughs> so that's good. I'm pretty sure I talked too much, but anyways, it was it was fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.